0: Ainsville. Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. Taking our Bibles and turn to the Book of Luke chapter number 15, Luke chapter 15. What a year that we have had in our church and church family. Looking back, I spent uh, several several minutes, uh, really closer to an hour I suppose, yesterday just reminiscing and thinking about the goodness, the greatness of God in our church and church family this past year. We have experienced many souls being converted, people being saved, and not only that, our missions, our giving and missions has just about, I want to say, almost doubled to what it uh, has been in the past. And God has just been so faithful to us in the year 2023. And it's hard to believe that here we are, the last service of our year, as we get ready to start the new year, 2024. And one thing about time that I have learn to despise is that it waits for nobody it marches forward as we go on and it robs us of the youth of our children it robs us of our health but yet we enjoy the days that we have uh, as as Christians as as believers in the Word of God enjoying that time together and uh, I'm glad that we're going to a place where time will be no more where we're not going to be separated or taken away from uh, our loved ones ever again. To that that place is where I'm longing to be, and I know you are as well. Luke chapter number 15. If you study your Bible, you know the majority of this chapter is about the prodigal son. It is a wonderful, wonderful message that our Savior taught, that our Savior preached about, showing us the way uh, back to God. And in our church, I thought while I was preparing my thoughts and praying over this message today, I thought that how thankful I am to be in a church where that we don't have uh, just one or two that might say (coughs) that they're a prodigal, but we have many in our church and church family who have been a prodigal at one time or another. I am in no way trying to say that a prodigal is a good thing, Because there are uh, people in church that really just never get away from God. And those people are becoming more and more rare in our country church setting. Because sometime or the other in most people's lives, they have that little hint of rebellion against what we see in this scripture. a Rebellion against not only God, but family, uh, the community, and the church in general. But I want to say to you this morning that God never gives up on His people. He leads us in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. And I can feel my voice is going to be a bit weak today, so you pray for my voice as we get ready to jump here into the Word of God. Let's break in at verse number 10. Verse number 10. I love what Jesus says in, uh, in this verse because this really should be the subheading for the thoughts of everything that comes through this whole chapter. Verse number 10, Jesus says, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Isn't that a wonderful thought to think that God is letting us not only see the present, but off in the distance, in heaven, even now, when somebody gets saved, the angels rejoice. But then the Savior <coughs> takes us from that wonderful thought in verse number—excuse <coughs> me, verse number, uh, verse number eleven—and talks uh, a little bit different about a certain man that has two sons. Now I've got some questions that I need answered in my mind, and I'm not going to get them from you. I'm not going to even get the answer from the Word of God because the Bible doesn't reveal them unto us. But the one question that I have before that I read today is where is the mother in all of of this message? We've got the two sons, the father, the servants, and everybody that's involved in these verses that end in verse number 32. But there's no mention of a mother. And the reason I'm saying this before that I read the majority of my text today is because that I believe that it's easier for a young man or a young woman because that's what we're reading about in these verses for them to become a prodigal son or daughter when you don't have a mom and a dad being in unison together. And that has been the pattern uh, down through history. Mom and dad must stay together and be together uh, to, try to, uh, to try to keep our kids from becoming prodigals. All right, let's begin reading in verse, in verse number 11. I'm just going to read maybe three or four verses at a time. We'll talk about them as we teach through the Word of God. Verse 11, and he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. I've heard many preachers misquote this verse or mispronounce that last, next to the last word in verse number 13 I've heard them say righteous living no this is riotous uh, two different words altogether. that word riotous means that he was in complete rebellion against the authority in his life which would have been his father uh, the community and no doubt a church or a place of worship let's go to verse number 14 <clears throat> and when he had spent all There arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk of the of the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave. Unto him, And I'm going to go to verse 17, and we'll stop there, and then we'll talk about these verses. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I want you to notice what's at the end of that verse. Is it a period? No. Question mark? No. It's an exclamation point. This is given to us to know that it's a verse of an excitement, that he's reached a way of thinking that excites him, that he's seeing something different that he has never seen before. Just in case there is someone in this service that is thinking the wrong way, that you're on the verge of saying, why should I bother? Why should I stay in church? I don't get anything out of <clears throat> the singing. <clears throat> I don't get anything out of the preaching. I don't get anything out of the church altogether. Why do I even bother? And just, just so you know, those were the thoughts of this prodigal son. Before anybody ever leaves or departs the church or a family, something happens to them psychologically that causes them to wander Away, And most of the time it does not happen just like that. Most of the time it is, a, uh, it is a small step process that they begin to walk down that road. And if I asked for a raise of hands, many of us could say today, Yes, preacher, I have been that prodigal that walked away from family and from church. And it's nothing but by the grace of God that I'm back. Uh, in my sound mind sitting amongst God's people today one of the things that I want to say before I get into the depth of these verses one thing that I think that our churches have done to hinder people that are prodigals is that we're not prepared to reach out to those people that are in sin and I say that to our shame As a church, we're not prepared in some cases to reach out to them and say, you still have a place in the body of Christ. Now, let me say something this morning about this message of the prodigal son. Many preachers preach this, that the prodigal gets saved in a far off country. But I don't see it that way. He was a son before he left. He was a son when he left. And he was a son when he came back. The Father never did deny His sonship over His Son. He never did deny who the Son was. And I want to say to you, when you get saved, the Father never disowns you. He may be ashamed of you and the way that you live, but once you're a son and a child of God, you'll never cease to be a son in the the family of God in that that, uh, word uh, of speaking. So... I believe that he was a child of God all the way through these verses that we have read. But in verse number 12, the thoughts of this young man were the younger of them told his father or said to him, Father, give me, give me the portion of goods that follows to me. Can I ask a question today? What kind of son, and I know that this was a whole different culture than you and I are uh, are in this morning as a... Uh, As believers, they did things a bit different. But even in that day to today, what kind of son goes to his father and says, Daddy, I want my inheritance and I want it now. I want what's coming to me, and I want it now, and I want what I want. And that is usually uh, the steps of a downward uh, person that's going downward or away from God. They they begin to start thinking about what I want instead of seeing the grand scheme of things and the big picture of what God is actually wanting for that individual. He says, Father, give me. And he says, says, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And I want you to notice what the Father does. No argument. He gives. If this is what you want, and this is the pathway that you're choosing to take, the Father, somehow the other just says, here it is. It's yours. You can have it. First of all, I want to say that it's a bold statement to make. to God and the church to say well I don't care what you think I want what I want and that is the mentality and the mindset of most people in America today including people in our church I've heard people talk about fellow church members as if they were enemies instead of a brother or sister in Christ they say well why don't we just move them out of their position in church and put somebody else <clears throat> that might be better suited or qualified to, to perform this work all the while that person may be doing the best that he or she can do we ever think about somebody else's feelings their emotions how they're living and, and listen i know that this message is about the prodigal son, and I I realize it's about his downward spiral away from God and his his father and everybody that he's accustomed to seeing. Uh, But listen, do we ever think about things that we say how it could hurt somebody? This young man had gone a step too far, and he offended the ones that was closest to him. When a person gets to that kind of place in life where they don't care if they offend or they hurt anybody, You better watch out. You better be careful. Our words, our actions can be offensive to those that are most precious to us in our life. And once those words are said, they can never be taken back. So I say to everybody here this morning, be careful about how you think before your actions become the thoughts in your mind. So psychologically, he begins this downward spiral in verse number 12. And then he, he, in verse number 13, his thoughts become planning. Notice that in verse number 12, he says, And the younger of them said to his father, Give. His thoughts are given out. And, excuse me, I meant to say verse 13. But in verse 13, he says, The plan is that not many days after that he had his wealth, his inheritance given to him, that he'd gathered everything together and he was going to go on a journey, not knowing whether he was going to come back or not. And I find it very hard to believe how that a child, a young man, a young girl can just walk away from everything that he or she has known, the place of safety that the father had provided. There was a mother somewhere, uh, otherwise, there would not been two sons. Maybe she died. Maybe she had walked away from the family unit. Maybe, maybe something, <coughs> something had happened that had just turned her away from God and this young man was just going to follow in her footsteps. And that's why I want to be a preacher to these young families that God has given us, because I care about moms and dads staying together and being together and keeping that family unit together. And one of the hardest things uh, that a child will ever experience is when a mom and dad separate and they can't work things out, and that child has to walk down that road of confusion in in his or her mind. But he had a plan to sin. A plan to walk away from, from everything that he knew that was right and real. and he, These are things that he couldn't do at home. These are steps that he couldn't take at home. And by the way, can I remind you of what this young man's sin was, it was in riotous living? If you'll jump ahead in these verses, you'll see that the, that the son that, um, uh, that was so high and mighty and superficial said that in verse number 30 that he wasted his living with riotous living. In verse number 30, and he wasted his substance with harlots. This this young man was taking everything that was good, and now he was turning it bad. And now he's off into into this far country, and not only is he there with money, prestige, and wealth, now he's he's with, with ladies that are known to be of a trade of prostitutes. He's right there in the middle of it. But I want to remind everybody in this church that the Father, this whole time, never stops loving His Son. And I want to tell you this morning, and I don't know who this is for, maybe somebody listening. On the live stream or the radio or maybe even somebody here today i don't care what you've done where you've been i don't care how far away you've gotten from god the lord still loves you and he cares about you if you've wasted everything his arms are still stretched out for you and by grace we're saved through faith and that not of ourselves and i'm thankful for god's grace this is a message if you read all of it it's a message of the grace of god Over this family, not just this young man. He had a plan to sin in verse number 13. I want to look at verse number 14. And let's see the downward spiral of this young man. And it hurts to watch people walk down this pathway, doesn't it? Now let me say this. This will be a a test of your spirituality. When you see somebody walking away from the church... And walking away from God, how do you react and how do you think in your mind? I've heard people say, well, it's good enough for them. It's good enough for them. Let them just go that way. That's what they want. Just let them go. All the while, that shouldn't be the thoughts of your mind to begin with. You should start immediately. You should start immediately taking that person to God and saying, God, if they could only see some of you are in that place right now. You've got sons, daughters, grandchildren that will never darken the door of our church or any other church, for the matter speaking. Uh, They'll never be back unless somebody shows them the right kind of affection that you really love them. And I know people today that I believe are saved that are walking down this pathway and somehow or the other are caught in the entrapment the snare of the devil and can never get get out of it unless a child of God comes to that individual and helps them to come back I think that our church has hurt more people than helped in days gone by you know what I want Matt Gilead to be in the year 2024? I want our church to be a church that's accepting and helpful in helping people come back to God after all That's why we're here. That's what we're about, are we not? We're a church that preaches grace, being saved by grace through faith. But when somebody messes up, when somebody makes a mistake, Christians are usually the first ones to start pointing and say, Did you see that? Can you believe that? Judgmental Christians and it's in every single one of us from the preacher to the deacon to the Sunday school teacher When we should be people of compassion just like the book of jude If you want to know the shape of the world before the lord jesus comes What does the book of jude say that they're going to be people who were who were among us that started with us But went on went out on their own And now they're living in the world and the bible says jude said but you got to have compassion And if some have compassion, making a difference. So the next time somebody walks through those doors and they don't look like you, they don't talk like you, they don't live like you, how are you to act and to treat them? I wish to God that we had another Charles Brown to come in that was not afraid of anybody. And would go to those people and say, I am thankful you are here today. I am thankful you're in church. They may be a prodigal. They may speak with foul language. But listen, friend, those kind of people need to be among us. They need to be among us so that they can see and feel the love of Jesus Christ in us. Verse number 14, this young man spent all, but then, now i got to say this because I believe that God providentially set this up for this young man. I believe that God allows certain storms to come into our lives to awaken us. The Bible says in verse number 14 that there was a famine in the land. Now, it, was a, it wasn't a famine for the word of God like we know that's taking place right now, but it was a famine for food. If you want to get to somebody's heart right quick and, and make them... Uh, realize how humbling that life really is, take away their sustenance, their food. And I worry about America, even today. 2023 behind us, a new year upon us, and I wonder, I wonder are we a nation that has enough to even feed ourselves? That's right. Famine had come and this young man is now bankrupt uh, financially, he's bankrupt spiritually, and now he's bankrupt physically. He has nothing to stand on. No food to eat. And now he has to do what, what I wish that most people would do in America that do have plenty. Is He realizes that if I'm going to have anything, I've got to find a job. And he joins himself as a citizen of that country, and they put him to, field, uh, to, to, to the work in the field uh, to feed the hogs. What kind of society has a, uh, or what kind of government has a a plan to put people to work in the field? And I thought as our southern borders are wide open while I studying this message, how many of those people are really here to truly work and make a real living for themselves? Are they here to take away from those that are working? That's a message for another day. We'll talk about it after service. Amen. All right, but now watch this. In verse number number 16, he was going to faint. Would have filled his uh, belly with hush that the swine did eat. No man gave unto him. When you make that cognitive choice, that psychological decision, that I'm going to walk away from family, I'm going to walk away from God, and I'm going to walk away from church, the only thing left is hunger spiritually. That's all that's left, and I I feel like that every time that I preach, and uh, in some churches where I go, I feel like that Mount Gilead has a well-balanced diet of of food spiritually. You've got some of the greatest Bible teachers that come to this church. Wednesday nights are phenomenal. We've got we've got teachers who are uh, that work with our youth who are qualified. Teachers that work in the school system, those are the ones that ought to be teaching. And we've got uh, people that study the Bible every single day that teach and preach the Word of God to our Sunday school and our, and, our, and our services every time that we meet. And we're a well-fed, balanced diet group of people. But sometimes I go to churches and I never get done preaching. What do you mean? People are starving, hungry. the truth and the Word of God and if there's one thing I could say uh, to you to to help yourself your family uh, and your churches to stay in the Word of God otherwise you're gonna starve to death and that's what's wrong with many churches there's nothing wrong with the facility there's nothing wrong with their bank account Uh, but listen there is nobody in the pulpit teaching and preaching the Word of God to them and I'm trying to help you and tell you today that the Word of God will fill you with things that you need Lest you become a prodigal, how much time do you spend studying? How much time do you spend praying? How much time do you spend uh, developing your walk with other believers? And listen, I don't care who you are and how big you think you might be, there is nobody big enough to make it in life as a child of God without the help of other believers. I need you just as much as you need me. I need to lean on you just as much as you lean on me. We need each other. Listen, when you get alone in this world, there is nobody left to help people that say, That they're your your friend? When all the alcohol is gone, when all the drugs are gone, the women are gone, the fast living and everything that goes along with a prodigal lifestyle, when all of that is gone, there is nothing left. But there's something that I'm confused about. I can't see how that somebody that says, well, I'm a child of God. I, I believe in God. I've been saved, but I just cannot find it in my life to be a part of a local assembly. I can't figure that out. Where is God in that? I mean, if you're really saved, where is God working in your life, uh, bringing you? There can only be one of two answers. The first one is you're saved and you're extremely out of touch with reality and the fellowship of the believer. That's possible. And the second thing is that you're like what Paul says. You're a well without water. In other words, you never really got saved. You're just making a, a talk about Christianity, but you've never really been born again. And wouldn't it be something on Judgment Day and you stand before God and you said, but God, I, I didn't want to go to church because there's too many hypocrites there? Like I told somebody the other day, they said, preacher, I can't go to your church because there's too many people there that I know that don't live, I live better than they do, and there are too many hypocrites. And I said, well, one more ain't going to make much difference. Come on and be with us. Sit down and sit among us. Ain't nobody perfect. But this, prod- this prodigal son was now at the climax of his low. But something happens in verse number 17. I love verse number 17. For the first time through all of this message, he begins to think right. So I think that God developed this storm in this young man's life awaken him to his senses you know I never thought more clearly in my life never but when the Holy Spirit was speaking to me I never see reality as it really is but when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me I I like to sit down can I just stop for just a minute and just talk about the Lord I like to sit down Just be still And let the Holy Spirit give me new thoughts To teach me and to show me The wisdom of God To read from the Word of God and the Holy Spirit be my teacher and help me. Not that I don't need help from other people to teach me. That's not what I'm saying. But blessed is the day when the child of God begins to think right. And not not only think right, but he begins to carry out his actions the right way. And emotionally, he treats people right because he sees himself for what he really is. You want to know what the greatest Christian looks like? It's that man or that woman uh, that, listen, that never beats other people up, that realizes that he or she, uh, listen, is a sinner saved by grace, but realizes that he is a child of God, and he thinks right because he knows that he's been given grace and mercy instead of judgment. Some of you have walked a long, long way away from God. Can I ask you a question? When did God ever uh, judge you and and, uh, hurt you and just stand over you and say, I I want you to think about if you're in this young man's shoes and you had walked away from God, family, the church, when did God ever one time, when did God ever one time say, look at you, You're, you're filthy, I can't love you, I can't help you, now God may have said this. He said, Look at you. I love you. You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East Dahlonega or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 975 Glory FM, your family radio station.